Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how to capitalize on opportunities in a changing world. My guest in this episode is a legendary investor and returning guest, Jim Rogers. Jim Rogers is the chairman of Rogers Holdings and B-Land Interest, Inc. He was the co-founder of the Quantum Fund and Soros Fund Management, and he was also the creator of the Rogers International Commodities Index. He currently lives in Singapore. Our three Cashflow Ninja community announcements, we have created a free Facebook group for all of our listeners. You could go to CashflowNinja.com forward slash Facebook and join our group or just go to Facebook and type in Cashflow Ninja community. And if you find uh, what we've done, you're very valuable and want to support us. There are two ways to do it. You could go to iTunes and subscribe, rate and review our show. This helps with iTunes algorithms and will help other people find the show. And you can also send us a video testimonial recorded with your smartphone to info at cashflowninja.com. We are building out a new website and would love to feature our listeners. The top 10 videos will receive Cashflow Ninja swag and will be featured on the new Cashflow Ninja website. And if you're interested in joining our investors group, go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at cashflowninja.com to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you live in the Philly, Bucks County and Southern New Jersey area, We are hosting live investors meetup events every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. If you are like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard-earned capital. But sometimes that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk-adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M-Capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Jim, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here, MC. Always a pleasure to speak with you. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, so much have happened since our uh, previous conversation. And uh, there's some great quotes that uh, that I always think of when I think, think of what's going on in the world. Um, one of your quotes is 200 years ago, opportunity seekers needed to go to Britain and more specific London, right? 100 years ago, it was the US and New York. And then obviously Asia today. Um, and then 
Growing up in South Africa, I, I really uh, like this one. Uh, what is true today might not be true in the future or so true in the future, as you stated. And I know that very well growing up in South Africa. Um, I figured we'd start our conversation just to um, – I just want to hear your thoughts of what you're seeing right now from where you are in the world out in Singapore uh, in the global economy and global markets um, and w what's interesting. Well, MC, first I want to say to you that whatever is happening anywhere today is not going to be true in 15 years, I assure you. You pick any year, in, not just in South Africa, you pick yep. any year in history, and everything that people thought in 1900 was not true right. in 1915. Everything that people thought in 1930 was incorrect in 1945. You pick any year, it doesn't matter. And no matter where you are in the world, Everything that people thought changes, and that is something that you must – we all must understand if you want, want to understand. So when you see something that you know is true, you better rethink it because it's not going to be true 15 years from now, I assure you. What do I see around the world? Well, lots of things. The Korean Peninsula is going to be one of the most exciting countries uh, in the world uh, 15 years from now. Uh, right now, of course, it's a disaster. Uh, let's see what else can we think about uh, Venezuela horrible nightmare I wish I could I wish I could invest in North Korea I wish I could invest in Venezuela I cannot uh, I'm, I'm, for, I'm, an, I'm a citizen I'm a citizen of the land of the free and we're not very free in the land of the free because I cannot I cannot invest in lots of places around the world but those are a couple of examples I, I wish I could invest in Venezuela I wish I could invest in in North Korea, there are plenty of other people, places like that around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Zimbabwe comes to mind. I live in the U.S. now, but bordering on, in, in South Africa, a lot, lots going on there too, uh, electricity shortages and so forth. Um, and that was one of the things that I've, you know, the, 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 the quotes are all over there about, you know, you should invest when there's blood in the streets or when people get greedy, be fearful, and when they get fearful, be greedy. Um, and timing is very, very, very hard. What are some indicators that you look for for a bottom? Uh, like, for instance, a Venezuela and Zimbabwe is a perfect example where they're obviously going through really, really uh, crazy times and tough times. What are some of the things that you look for before you um, enter a position into, for example, some of those economies? Well, you just named, I, I recently invested a little bit in Zimbabwe. Okay. You, you have described it. It's a disaster. It's a nightmare. You know, Mugabe ruined the place. Looks like his new guy is just as bad. Uh, he, he says he's not. Uh, his followers say he's not. I don't know. At least we know there's some change coming. Uh, let's hope that eventually, I mean, I haven't put a lot of money there. Don't, don't get me wrong. I've just started making a few small investments because it is a nightmare. And fortunately, it's legal for me to invest in Zimbabwe now. Uh, the, the telltale, I mean, disaster. Disaster looks pretty much the same all, all, all over the world throughout history. Uh, people fleeing the country, currency collapsing, prices collapsing, uh, it's, it's happened many, many times in history all over the world. And it's pretty – likewise, you know, bubbles are pretty much the same everywhere in the world. Everybody says it's different this time. Everybody says, oh, you don't understand. Uh, you know, they all do, always tell you why whatever the bubble is is going to go on forever. It's always the same. Right. Nothing unusual about it. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I just look at those countries too, and it's infrastructure collapsing, right? So water. Uh, there was a story in the news, for example, in Zimbabwe that they there was a, a, a robbery on a truck and they didn't steal any money. <laughs> it was bread that they were stealing. So you have electricity with the, 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 the power grid being down in most of the places for most of the day. Uh, food. So, I mean, as you mentioned, there's definitely some, some crises there. Uh, the, you mentioned the Korea Peninsula, and this is, as you mentioned, an, there's 80 million people approximately in North Korea on the border no, of no, 80 million combined. Both, both uh, between the two of them combined, okay, and that's right on the border of China. What a, what an opportunity there! What do you see? What are you seeing with uh, with North Korea? Um, and uh, you know what. Time frame is very, very tough. We don't have a crystal ball, but uh, where do you see it as, as opposed to China? Is this where China was in the 1980s? This is, it is exactly where China was. Well, not exactly, but it's where China was. 1981, 1982, Deng Xiaoping in 1978 said we got to start changing and doing something different. Started opening up Well, the kid. As soon as he got there, he started opening up and changing things, too. It's taken longer, but now we're at that, that stage. It's, it's happening. It's happening now. As recently as 1970, North Korea was richer than South Korea. Now they have vast natural resources. Now, communism can ruin everything, you see, and communism and the Kims ruined North Korea. There's no right. question about it. Uh, but you put together all those natural resources with cheap, disciplined, educated labor – on the Chinese border, combined with South Korea's capital and management expertise and manufacturing ability, it's going to be a powerhouse. It's going to be very exciting, and it's happening as we speak. Uh, I cannot do anything. You, you're not American, so maybe you can, but uh, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I'm a I'm a citizen too, so <laughs> I'm American citizen. So unfortunately for me, I'm not allowed to do anything there either. Um, another another we we touched on a Africa a little bit, uh, speaking about Zimbabwe and so forth. And this has been a huge opportunity, and this is a part of the world that that you know very well as well as, as I I love through your how you saw it through your eyes traveling through there. Great people, unbelievable entrepreneurs, a lot of opportunity. Um, but also a lot of other factors, as you mentioned, that, you know, some of the governments, as you documented in, on your travels, too, uh, there, there's, a, there's a lot of corruption everywhere, but there's particularly a lot, of, lot there. Uh, what do you see happening in Africa in the, in the next couple of years? What, what, what do you see playing out there? Well, I mentioned I would put a little money into Zimbabwe, Ghana. If I weren't so lazy, I would probably be putting money into Ghana right now, Ethiopia. Likewise, you know, the problem is I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm going to seed. Uh, but there are great opportunities there. Uh, I've mentioned three Angola. I don't think Angola has a stock market yet. I know they've been working on it. Uh, there are certainly countries that have had problems. And if you find countries that have had problems where things are changing, first of all, it's very cheap yep. because nobody wants to invest there. And second, if you can see positive change taking place, MC, chances are you'll make some money. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a ton of natural resources. Uh, and for example, Angola, too, a, a lot of oil there. So uh, definitely another question that I had for you, you made the comment because people talk about India, right? Just phenomenal uh, mental capital. Uh, they're in, uh, they make a, 
they're very successful Indians wherever they go, right? Especially in the U.S. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of a lot of talent there. Um, and this is a country that you've mentioned has been one of your favorite countries to visit, and everyone should visit. But there are other challenges. What what do you see with regards to India? Well, if you could only visit one country in your life, uh, MC, I would urge you to go to India. It's an astonishing country. The people, the natural sites, the man-made sites, the languages, the religions, the food. Oh, my gosh. It's, the women are extraordinarily beautiful. As you know, They win beauty contests all over the world. The men are smart, handsome. The women are smart. Uh, yeah, they're great opportunities, but... I have invested there occasionally in my life, but I don't have anything there now. Mr. Moody's got great PR. Everybody in the world loves him. No matter where he goes, he gets great publicity. Right. But he hasn't done very much as far as I'm concerned for what needs to be done in, in India. Gotcha. Uh, now, one of the th- lessons that I've, that I've learned just following you and, and reading your work, too, is a lot of people look at things, but there's also something that they're not looking at. And it's actually in front of their eyes. For example, in 2008 and 2009, you saw the crisis starting in Iceland. And nobody really paid attention. And then it went over into Ireland. And eventually, when it hit U.S. shores with Bear Stearns, then all of a sudden, we started realizing that there's something here. What are, for right now, where we are at the mar- in the market cycle, what are you seeing there? And what should we be looking at that a lot of the financial entertainers, as I call them, are not looking at and not drawing our attention to. Well, MC, it's happening. I mean, Latvia went bankrupt recently. Some uh, Indonesia's got huge problems. Turkey, Venezuela, Argentina. Uh, I mean, it's happening uh, around the world. Uh, some Indian banks are having serious, serious problems. Uh, we don't pay too much attention because these. I mean, Turkey is a small economy, so nobody pays too much. If they even notice, they certainly don't pay much attention. But eventually. The next thing you know, it's on the evening news and everybody's it's on the BBC, the World Service, and everybody in the world knows, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong. And it's starting to happen already. Yeah. There are many economies in the world slowing down. I mean, nobody pays attention. Nobody cares because they're small, even if they hear about it. But it's, it's starting to happen. Yeah. Here in the, in the U.S., when I look at the retirement numbers of, of the savings that people had and I mean, some of the st- statistics are just astonishing when you look at how many Americans right now is basically one emergency away from bankruptcy or one healthcare emergency away from bankruptcy. And, and that also makes me pause and reflect and, and think about it and say, you know, the markets don't reflect the, the reality for a lot of folks out there. So people talk about, you know, recession, recession, this for Many of the folks out there, they're already in recession territory. Well, it's not just individuals and families. I mean, there are several states that are one disaster away from bankruptcy, cities that are one disaster away. But it's happening. I mean, even Germany, there are German mm-hmm. cities that are in trouble. Germany. I mean, who would ever have thought that anybody in Germany would be in trouble? But it's certainly happening in the U.S. It's happening to families. Illinois, I mean, I don't want to name names. Everybody knows the names, I presume. Yeah. Uh, no, the next the next time we have a problem, MC, and we're going to have one, I assure you, uh, it's going to be the worst in my lifetime. 2008 was a problem of too much debt. MC, since then, the debt has skyrocketed everywhere in the world. So the next time we have a problem, it's going to be a gigantic mess. 
Now, for the sake of uh, balance, Janet Yellen, who was the previous head of the Central Bank in America, says, no, we're never going to have economic problems again. We have solved the problems. I la I'm sorry to laugh, but right. I should you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you should listen to Janet Yellen. <laughs> she has a Ph.D. from Yale, after all. <laughs> That's right. Uh, alma mater or fellow alumnus. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a PhD from Yale. I do have a degree from Yale, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. make me any smarter than anybody else. Yeah, and 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 that's it, it's a it's a great point because there's a lot of obviously that that information put out there. You've mentioned Illinois. There's other states that that's in trouble too. Um, and the one question that I had too for you is philosophy has changed a lot uh, in our in most societies globally, Western societies. You did quite a little bit of traveling uh, when you were younger through these communist areas and look at what was going on there. Is there certain signs that just make the, the hair on your back stand up by when you look at some of the ideas that are floating around in public domain and what you saw back in the 80s in the, these communist countries? Well, I will tell you that... Uh for the most part, nobody wants to be a communist. Nobody even wants to be a socialist. And if they do want to be a socialist, they want to be a rich socialist. You know, the world has changed and the world learned. Yeah. Now, in America right now, there are people in running for president in the country who say, no, no, we should all have guaranteed income. We should all forgive our debts. We should not, not have to pay off our debts, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, this is coming back at least in the United States, and it often comes to places that are prosperous that thinks they can afford it. So, no, I see scary signs, but mainly in the United States now, more than any other places. Yeah, um, and, and that leads to my next question, too. Um, obviously, there's, there's clouds on the horizon. There's market cycles. Uh, no one can time anything, but we're probably due with this a massive amount of debt and uh, individuals, families, um, and states, governments being one crisis or emergency away from bankruptcy. What are some things that some of our listeners that are business owners and investors can do to position themselves not only to weather the storm, but also prosper in, an, in, in a, a crisis and come out on top of the other end? Well, they should probably watch EMC. And learn what's going on in the world. Uh, you do need to educate yourself. Once you educate yourself, you will understand what's happening. And then you will be in a better position to protect yourself and prepare for the future. But the main thing is, and just to emphasize that, only invest in what you know about and you understand. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to some guy you see on the Internet or on the TV or something. Because yep. when problems come, you won't know what to do unless you yourself know what you're doing. So my my only advice is to invest only in what you know. And if you don't know anything, don't just put your money in the bank for a while. Now, that, of course, can be a problem if you put it in the wrong bank or the wrong currency. But at least don't try to go around doing things that you don't understand because you will suffer in the end. Yep. I can tell you what some of the things that I would suggest, but don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. You shouldn't listen to anybody. You'd only invest and put your money where you yourself know what's going on. Uh, and at some point, some people might say, well, I don't know anything. Well, if you don't know anything, put your money in the bank. But that's not actually correct because everybody knows a lot about something, whether it's fashion or sports or cars or something. 
So start there. Start finding things that you understand and where you know good changes are taking place. And that's where you start doing your homework. And I tell you that agriculture's got a nice future now. And you you don't like going out in the sun and you don't know the difference in cotton and, and wheat. Then please. Don't think about investing in agriculture. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high-yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Uh, and that leads me to, to one of the other comments too about the debt, obviously getting your house in order, which ties into interest rates. What are some of the things that you're seeing uh, as far as interest rates? And what are some of your comments of, of what you think what's going to happen there? Well, the U.S. Central Bank, central banks everywhere, led by the U.S., have driven interest rates to the lowest level in recorded history. Never, never in recorded history have had rates like this. And they think it has saved us. It certainly saved some people. It certainly helped some people. But in the end, it's going to be a disaster because interest rates have to go back up. And when they go back up, the debt has skyrocketed everywhere, partly because money has been free or nearly free for several years now. So you're going to have huge bankruptcies by people who got overextended in this period of easy money and free money. Uh, I mean, we all like free money. In the long run, there's no such thing as a free lunch. We all know that. And we're all going to pay a horrible, horrible price. So be very worried. Yep, absolutely. You mentioned agriculture um, and uh, the return of economies going back to making things (laughs) and not just trading paper eventually. So hard assets, agriculture, uh, food, obviously, (laughs) is something that we need to feel our bodies um, what are some of your thoughts on, on real estate and then other commodities, gold and silver? Well, real estate, get out of map, there's a gigantic amount of real estate out there. You have to say real yep. estate where? 
what kind. I wouldn't buy property in New York City in the financial district, but I might buy uh, agriculture in Nebraska in America or agriculture in Kazakhstan or other countries around the world because agriculture in some places is very cheap. In China, if, you, if you're in the agricultural area, they'll do anything you want to help you. They're trying to develop the agriculture industry. Russia, oh my gosh, every day Russian agricultural people wake up and say, thank you, Mr. Trump. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump put sanctions on Russian agriculture, and he's making Russian agriculture great again. You know, so they love him. So it depends on where you are and what you know. Uh, as I said, I wouldn't buy property in a financial district, certainly not in the U.S., but I might buy agricultural product, property somewhere else. Yeah, and that ties into the future of, of Wall Street and a lot of these um – you know, it's been sensationalized, right, through movies and, and all those things. And you you uh, started there in, in your career when it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't as sensationalized and, and made sexy by the media and Hollywood and, and all these movies. Um, what what have you seen through the years? And, and you've touched on this is, you know, financial districts are not going to be a good place to buy property. What is What, what do you see happening there um, in, the, in the next well, couple of years? Was, when I was at university, uh, agriculture. Uh, Wall Street and the city of London were backwaters. Professors used to say, why are you so interested? Nobody cares. It's irrelevant. They're not even important. And now, of course, every kid in college is trying to start a hedge fund in her room because it's so sensational and so popular. Uh, those We've had long cycles in history when financial types were on top and then long cycles when financial types were at the bottom. Uh, we've had a very nice run in the financial world, but that's coming to an end in my view. So I would start thinking, looking to go the other way. I mean, if you love finance, go. I mean, I loved it. I didn't know I shouldn't go to Wall Street in, in the 60s. It's a good thing I didn't know. I was so dumb. Uh, but if you love it, go there and you'll do fine, even if, if things are bad. But there are probably going to be other areas of the world economy where things will be better for you. Yeah. Um, another commodity that is getting some press uh, right now, marijuana, cannabis. <laughs> Your thoughts on that, um, that uh, industry and uh, the, the explosion happening there? Well, it's going to be gigantic for some people. Uh, it is becoming legal in more and more countries around the world. The UN has said it should be legal. Uh, it will become legal everywhere. Not at the same pace. I live in Singapore. If you, if you can spell marijuana in Singapore, they put you in jail. You know, they're very, very much against uh, marijuana. But in some countries, it's already happening. And some people are going to make vast, vast fortunes. You know, after prohibition ended in the U.S., a lot of people got very rich in alcohol. Same is going to happen with marijuana. Uh, crypto and blockchain, and obviously cryptocurrencies are separate from the blockchain technology. Maybe if you, uh, if you don't mind commenting on each of those, uh, what you see happening there. Well, I'm extremely optimistic about the future of the blockchain. It's going to change everything we know. It's going to put a lot of people out of business. I mean, electricity put a lot of people out of business too and we're not going to get rid of electricity uh, but some people are going to make vast fortunes from the blockchain others are just going to totally disappear uh, cryptocurrencies are different there's no question mc that money is going to be on the internet in the future it already is in many places mm -hmm. it's hard to use money in in china for instance they're way ahead of many of the rest of us uh, but uh, in my view it's not going to be the artificial currencies that many people – now, the crypto guys say we're smarter than the government. 
Oh, and they are. Everybody's smarter than the government, especially the crypto guys. But the government has the guns. And in the end, if the government, I mean, it's happened before in the, in the 30s, the government said you cannot use other things for money anymore. It's an act of treason. Well, you say treason means they execute you. <laughs> you know, it's pretty serious if it's an act of treason. So people stopped using other things for money. That will happen again. I don't like that. I wish we could somehow get rid of government monopolies, but unfortunately, they do have the guns. Right. No, uh, absolutely. Now, uh, what, what, a, what a journey you've had in your, in your life, and it started by uh, leaving and, and going to basically Yale for your education and then traveling across for Oxford. And education is something, it's a, it's a lifelong journey, and especially if it's something that you're passionate about and read up and get up every morning excited to study and, and, and uh, immerse yourself in it. Um, what what have you seen as far as also the education educational standards in Asia? Um, one of the reasons why I'm asking now, being a dad myself too, and I know you have two ch- children there, and they're they're in schools over there. What are some of the differences between uh, some of the educational systems and standards in in Asia than, for example, the West and and more specific the U.S. Well, I had read that Asian education was rigorous and demanding and advanced. It really is. Now that my kids are in Asian schools, I'm shocked. I, I, I didn't know how bad it was or how good it was, depending on how you look at it. My girls are thriving, so it seems to be okay for them. Uh, but I will tell you, I, I just it, it doesn't seem to me to be a good way to raise children with these gigantic amounts of homework. Everything that my girls do is far ahead of whatever I did. They have more homework after one or two years than I did in 12 years in the U.S., uh, I mean, it, it pays, as you know, the Asian kids usually are in the, uh, come out on top in the international contest when they when they have uh, our international test uh, and Finland, of course, uh, it's the American kids don't even come out in the top 25 anymore. Uh, many people want to go to America for education, but that's that's absurd. That's that's America's got good PR for education. But boy, it is not there anymore. Now, if you don't want your kids to have to learn a lot or don't want them to learn discipline and rigor, then you should go to America uh, to educate them. But, And I don't know that all of this education is so useful in the end, but I'm doing it. And as far as um, I'm always interested to, to hear what other people are studying and what they're learning, what are some of the things that you're studying right now and reading? Well, I try to read as much as I can about the world. My passion is the world and what's happening there. You know, many people don't know where Zimbabwe is, but I'm passionate about knowing what's happening in Zimbabwe and many, many other countries around the world. Uh, so that's that's my main passion, the yeah. world. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, I still I have still the notes here somewhere too, where I always joke when. I traded money to for the the first visit that I wanted to take there. I had like the one Zimbabwean dollar and the five dollars, and now I'm a billionaire in Zimbabwean dollars, right? <laughs> so it's interesting how history repeats itself everywhere. Uh, what's worked in in your business and in life, and and why? Oh well, I guess the main thing is is not following the crowd. Uh, I learned. I have learned very early on that when everybody thinks the same way, that somebody's not thinking because it can, we cannot all be right. 
it, it, history just does not does not work that way. I try to teach my daughters to be curious, to think independently, not to, to, to think what everybody else does and to question everything. Uh, and it's hard to teach anybody that. It's hard to think that way as well. It's very easy just to turn on the Internet and say, ah, the sky is blue. Maybe it's not blue. Maybe you should go ahead and look out the window and see if the sky is blue instead of just believing what you see on the Internet. So that's, that, I guess, is the main lesson that I have learned uh, when I see everybody doing the same thing. I at least stopped and say, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. It couldn't be right. Let's see if there's another answer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and wh- who have been some of the uh, mentors or people that you've studied on your journey, especially when you were younger and uh, just started in Wall Street? Was there any particular people that you studied? Was there any mentors along the way that, that really had a profound impact on your life? Well, MC, when I started on Wall Street, I assumed everybody knew more than I did. They were experienced. They were better educated. <laughs> they were certainly more successful than I was. So I just assumed that they all knew what they were doing. Well, it didn't take me long to figure out, no, they don't know any more than I do. You know, In fact, they probably know less than I do because they think they know what they're doing. At least I know I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so, yeah, there were lots of mentors. Yeah. Taught, taught me to go the other way. Think for myself. <laughs> instead of to follow the crowd. Fantastic. Now, your book that you wrote for your children, A Gift to My Children, uh, had a profound impact on me. And this was before I became a parent and a father. And I actually started my show three years ago. And there was a question that I put together that was inspired by the book uh, that I asked all of my guests. And and, And the question that I asked them is that a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we pass it. Uh, uh, we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and you are only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Think independently, uh, be curious, and beware of boys. (laughs) <laughs> those are great <laughs> yeah no the, the those are great gifts and uh that truly truly inspired uh, uh that question so uh i was really looking forward to asking you that uh jim this has been a phenomenal experience as always thank you so much for making time for us thank you so much thank for connecting you. and thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. And thank you for the inspiration that you've been on my career and my journey. Thank you. I hope to see you on the road. Let's do it again, MC. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you. Bye-bye. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk it's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors and if you're an accredited investor you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential you can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements
Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.